If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. It's Wednesday, April 26th. I'm Brian Dean Wright, former CIA operations officer, and this is The Wright Report. A good day to you, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to The Wright Report, your daily news podcast. I've got five briefs for you this morning that are shaping America and the world. First, we've got some breaking news out of Afghanistan. The Taliban just killed a senior Islamic state commander. I'm going to explain who it is and why the Taliban is targeting their fellow Islamic extremists. Second, the president of South Korea is in Washington, D.C. this morning. He's set to speak with Joe Biden about China, Ukraine, and the bizarre country that is North Korea. I'm going to share with you a recent development out of Pyongyang that we should all be aware of. Third, about half of America's key fighter jets are grounded this morning because of bad engines. I'm going to tell you all about that. Fourth, bus drivers in Seattle are falling ill after passengers there are choosing to light up with fentanyl and meth. I'll share with you what the city there is going to do about it, and I'm not so sure it's going to work. Fifth, let's talk about some good news, shall we? I've got a study for you on how to trick your mind and get even better results in your fitness routine. Later, we close out the podcast with a listener who has a confession. They bought an electric vehicle, and they want to know if that is good or bad. I'm going to explain why it is bad, but I promise it is not for the reasons that you probably expect. But first, let's get to our top story of the morning. A senior commander with the Islamic State was killed yesterday in Afghanistan. Details are pretty sparse this morning, but Fox News and Washington Post both report that the ISIS terrorist was a man who organized a suicide bombing back in August of 2021. That killed 13 U.S. service members, including 10 U.S. Marines, two Army soldiers, and one Navy corpsman. Now, what's interesting about this senior ISIS commander being killed is that it wasn't by, say, U.S. Special Forces or CIA officers. It was by the Taliban. Now, for some listeners, that might seem a little bit confusing, right? Why are one set of Islamic radicals killing another? So let me quickly explain, starting with some very light history of Islam. So there are two branches, roughly speaking, of Islam. Right? There are uh, the Sunni Islam folks and the Shia Muslims. Right? You can sort of think of that like uh, Catholic Christians and Protestant Christians. But just like Protestants having the Baptists or the Episcopalians, there are different types or branches of Sunni Islam too. And amongst the Sunnis, you get radical ideologies followed by the Taliban. And then there are some even more extreme or radical branches of Sunni Islam That is in turn followed by the Islamic State. Now, I know it's hard to believe that you could even have a more radical version of the Taliban, but it is true. The Islamic State, or sometimes they are referred to as ISIS or ISIS-K, they are the extreme of the extreme, right? ISIS wants every Western person either killed or converted to Islam. 
whereas the Taliban is willing to negotiate, at least sometimes. Well, it so happens that because of those differences, the Taliban in ISIS and Afghanistan actually hate each other. They are competitors to lead that nation. And so the Taliban is on the hunt for ISIS members, which probably number around 800 to 1,000 fighters, give or take, although I have fairly low confidence in that number. I'm not really sure how many have been killed or fled into neighboring Pakistan over the past couple of years. But one thing appears very clear this morning. ISIS has one less member. Now, the Taliban it killed him dead, no doubt about that. And I'm going to keep you posted on which person this might be, uh, how important this ISIS member was ultimately. But for now, just one personal observation and opinion I want to offer you about this killing. When it comes to counterterrorism operations in Afghanistan, folks, the United States has effectively turned over responsibility to the Taliban. All right, They own the country now. And in the case with this particular terrorist, we might celebrate that the, the Taliban took out this radical slug. But it's important to remember that the Taliban still embraces a radical Islamic ideology. And in the past, they have given safe haven to global jihadists like al-Qaeda. Plus, as I shared with you last week, the U.S. intelligence community knows of at least 15 active terror plots coming out of Afghanistan, whether that be ISIS or Taliban-sponsored. So, yes, let's celebrate one less bad guy out there in the world, but let's remember that this fight against radical Islam is not over, not by a long shot. Whether it is organized by the Taliban or ISIS or whichever group it may be. Let's now move on to our second brief of the morning, and we're going to stick with global affairs, talking about South Korea's President Yoon in Washington, D.C. He is set to meet at the White House with Joe Biden, where the two will talk about a range of issues. First, we'll include Ukraine. Joe Biden actually wants the South Koreans to sell ammunition to Kiev, but President Yoon is not really excited to get involved in that conflict. They'll also talk about China and how to best position the South Korean military against future threats from Beijing. Finally, they'll tackle the issue of North Korea. And that is what I want to brief you on this morning. Because there's an issue that most folks don't know about, but that absolutely impacts, well, frankly, the safety of the world, including you and your families. And that issue is this. North Korea sells some of its most sensitive military secrets to nations all around the world including nuclear secrets to countries like Syria. All right, so let's talk about that and what kinds of weapons systems the North Koreans are selling or proliferating to tyrants and dictators around the world. And let's start with the latest no good, very bad news out of Pyongyang that really puts all this conversation into context. So a little over a week ago, North Korea fired off a new kind of missile. It's called the Hwasong-18 and its power came from a solid fuel versus liquid fuel. And to understand the difference and why it's so important, let's use an analogy of having a car. Right? Most of us have gas-powered cars, and that means that we fill it up with liquid fuel or gas. But as most of us know, that does take a little bit of time. you got to go to the gas station, push some buttons, and then wait for the tank to fill up before you take off. But solid fuel is sort of like having an electric vehicle with a fully charged battery, right? Maybe you fill up the battery pack one morning with that, you know, electric juice. But once that's done, 
the car and the battery can just sit there for as long as you'd like until you are ready to drive it. And when it comes to missiles, right, you can have something a bit similar, right? Liquid power like the gas or solid power like the battery. And there's a huge advantage to that solid state power, right? That the fuel is built into the rocket, kind of like that car battery. And then it can sit there for a very long time until, say, a, a war starts. Then you don't have to worry about fueling anything up. You know, you don't, you don't have to take that missile to the gas station, right? You just press the launch button and away it goes. Well, to date, North Korea only has this liquid-fueled ballistic missile technology, right? That's the more cumbersome process to take out and fuel up with different kinds of chemicals. And the longer that that process takes, folks, right, the greater the chance that an adversary like, wonderfully, us, the U.S. military, we can find that North Korean missile while it's fueling up and we can blow it up. Well, with this test just over a week ago with this solid fuel rocket, that means that Pyongyang is on the road to a more advanced rocket with this potentially nuclear warhead and this solid state fuel. That is obviously a far greater threat to you and me. And while that is scary, there is something else that you need to know about this development. And it's not discussed a whole lot. And that is this. For decades, North Korea has sold its advanced military technology and hardware and knowledge to countries all around the world, like Syria and Iran. In other words, they sell bad stuff to bad people. So let me just give you a couple of examples. Back in 2001, Pyongyang sold nuclear materials, designs, and expertise to the government of Syria. And that's because the dictator there wanted to build his own nuclear program and eventually bomb Israel out of existence. Well, Israel caught word of that and, well, they bombed it all first. Or then we should consider the connection to Iran. Right? As we learned from the WikiLeaks leak of classified information a number of years ago, North Korea shipped ballistic missiles and components to Tehran. And the result of that is that Iran's short and medium-range ballistic missiles are all built with North Korean technology. Right? That, by the way, is according to the Georgetown Security Studies Review. And folks, those are just two of the countries that we know of on North Korea's uh, list of illicit trade partners. Right? Pyongyang is known to have shipped other military weaponry and knowledge to Uganda, Libya, Sudan, Yemen, Iraq, Pakistan, and Vietnam as well. In other words, North Korea is a global proliferator of some of the most deadly weapons and technology. Now, there are ways to either slow or destroy some of that activity. I probably can't go into details there. But rest assured, this should absolutely be an area of great focus as President Yoon of South Korea and Joe Biden meet today to discuss global affairs. Now, I'm going to let you know if they do and the result, because it is very important as we look around the world and we discuss what we ought to do about North Korea and this proliferation of the world's most deadly weapons. With that, let's take our first break of the morning. Now, most of you likely won't hear any ads over the next few minutes, so enjoy the ad-free experience for now, and we will be right back. Welcome back to The Right Report. Let's continue with our briefs this morning. We're going to pivot to domestic news here in America. So first up, the U.S. Pentagon is warning folks that only half of America's fleet of F-35 jets are considered mission capable. 
In other words, only half of our most advanced combat fighters would be able to answer the call if war were to break out. Right? That is according to testimony offered by the U.S. Air Force just a couple of weeks ago and reported by Bloomberg News. Right, so here's what we know. Air Force Lieutenant General Michael Schmidt testified that only 53% of America's F-35 jets can fly at least some of their required missions. Right, that includes combat, show of force flights, training, and testing. But did you hear that? I said only some of their required missions. Right, the percentage, though, of planes capable of flying all of their missions, the so-called full mission capable rate, that's less than 30% of our F-35s. All right, so what's the reason for that? Well, in short, it's the engines. All right, there's a lack of spare parts or the engines are breaking more often than the engineers expected. By the way, the manufacturer of those engines is Pratt Whitney. Plus, the lead manufacturer of this plane, Lockheed Martin, is struggling with a cooling system for the engine that's actually causing them to burn out more quickly. Now, for what it's worth, the Air Force knows that this is a very serious problem. The lieutenant general that I mentioned called it, quote, unacceptable, and that maximizing plane readiness is my top priority, end quote. Which is certainly good, because we've got potential wars in Europe and Asia that are knocking on our door. So, yeah, maximizing readiness seems pretty darn appropriate. I'll keep you posted. Let's now move on to our second domestic brief of the morning. We are going to head to Seattle for this one, where city leaders there are installing air monitors in buses and trams. And that's because drug users there are lighting up on public transportation and getting the drivers sick with toxic fumes. So here's what we know about that very distressing news as reported by the Seattle Times. And let's start with this. Last year, over 50 bus operators filed worker compensation claims for exposure to drugs and toxic chemicals. Now, in most cases, the drivers became so sick that they needed to stop driving the buses and such and seek emergency medical treatment. So what's happening is that drug users on the buses are placing fentanyl and heroin and meth on aluminum foil and heating it with a lighter and then sucking up the vapor through a straw. Well, the drivers are reporting that the fumes not only get these people high and sick, but also other passengers too, and of course the drivers. So let's talk the solutions. <clears throat> well, the solution that the city of Seattle has come up with is, well, not to throw these druggies off the bus or the trams, but rather install smoke monitors to better capture which drugs are being used most often. The University of Washington is assisting with the study. Now, at the same time, they're going to put up what are called QR codes on the bus windows. They're sort of like a, a barcode that you might see on a product that you buy at a store and it gets scanned by the cashier. But regardless, passengers can scan that QR code with their mobile phone and report which bus line they're on and which drugs they're seeing. Now, the authorities say that they may or may not respond to this, say, passenger in distress, but the data will be collected and sent to legislators in Olympia who are studying the problem. Okay, I'll let you all decide if that sounds like good leadership in Seattle, or whether you would frankly sign up to be a driver or a passenger of public transportation up there. I'll tell you, but for me, I think I'd rather walk. For our final brief of the morning, you know, how about we do some good news, at least more hopeful news. We've been talking about terrorism and nuclear bombs and 
drug dealers. Yeah, not exactly fun stuff. So let's talk about this. So do you all know about the placebo effect? As most of us know, the placebo effect is when you do something like take a pill and you believe it's got some good medicine inside of it and it helps cure you of something or help you in some way, but actually there was nothing inside that pill at all. Instead, your mind believed that there was something in there and, well, the mind healed itself, right? That's the placebo effect and it is very powerful. been studied for over 50 years. Well, researchers at the University of Agder in Norway wanted to know if you could use the placebo effect for your exercise routines. In other words, could you trick your mind into thinking that it was actually better than you thought, that routine of yours, and eventually your fitness results would be even better too? Well, researchers put together two different exercise routines, both of which were about the same, burnt the same number of calories, lasted about the same period of time, But they told one group that the routine that they were given was specifically and especially designed for just them, for just their bodies, after they were put through a series of blood and diagnostic tests. But none of that was true. The routine was nothing special at all. But again, the researchers told them that it was. And then they gave the two groups of participants a couple of months to work out. And here's what they found. People who were told that they received a a special, fancy workout routine uh, designed just for their bodies, well, those folks had superior fitness outcomes, especially with the squat exercise and general muscle thickness. So the key takeaway for researchers is that an exercise routine is less important than if people just believe that it will work and surround themselves with, say, a trainer or a workout buddy that tells them so, encourages them. And you know what? That makes sense. And that is why I'm going to go do some push-ups here in about five minutes because I believe that it will look like Arnold Schwarzenegger by sundown. It will be so. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, we conclude this morning's episode of The Right Report. But I've got one more thing before I let you go. So enjoy this next break, which will be ad-free for now. And we'll be right back. Welcome back to The Right Report with one more thing before I let you go. So yesterday we talked about solar panels and electric vehicles. In fact, we discussed how there are so many electric vehicles in China right now that their grid can't keep up. So Beijing is building coal plants to power their electric vehicles, which seems a little bit silly if the whole point is reducing carbon dioxide emissions and, you know, addressing climate change. But anyway... That conversation that we had yesterday prompted Shelly in Eugene, Oregon to write in. And here is what she said. Quote, I have a confession. I bought an electric vehicle, but not because of the environmental stuff. Rather, I bought it because of the convenience. All right. I like to pull into my garage, plug my car into the wall and then fall asleep. And then when I get up the next day, the car is ready to go. No stops at the gas station needed. And I love that. So, Brian, would you say that that's bad, end quote? Well, Shelly, yes, I do. (laughs) But but not for the reasons that you might think, all right? Because ultimately, I, I don't care what you and others do or buy, all right? That is your choice, your money, and your family. But here's why what you described is still bad. In fact, it's likely gonna cause blackouts in places like Oregon. So consider this headline, from the Los Angeles Times just about three months ago. Quote, 
California needs to charge electric vehicles during the day, not night, to save the grid, end quote. All right, Shelly, why is that? Well, let's do a thought experiment, all right? So as you said, you pull into your garage and you plug your space car in at night and you fall asleep. Well, your space car has to get some electricity from somewhere, right? And that somewhere is, well, your local utility company. But what grid operators are saying, plus industry organizations like the North American Electric Reliability Corporation, or NERC, well, they're stating that, well, look, places like California, Oregon, and the upper Midwest are retiring an increasing number of their coal, nuclear, and natural gas power plants, but replacing them with either nothing or solar and wind. But getting back to our thought experiment, Shelley, you're charging your car at night, but your utility company installed solar panels. Okay, maybe you've got some on the roof of your house too, but look, I'm no Einstein, but I am quite sure that the sun does not shine at night. So we've got a problem. It's a supply problem, right? Those solar panels are intermittent, right? They, they only harvest the sun, uh, but they can't do it at night because the sun's not out. Okay. Now take that issue and multiply it by 282 million times. Because according to the firm Statista, there are 282 million cars registered in the United States. So Shelley, what happens when 282 million cars start plugging in at night? And remember, we've taken out the coal and then the natural gas plants and we've replaced it all with solar panels. Well, if you do that, Shelley, you get blackouts, right? The grid crashes. And that's what the LA Times was flagging when it highlighted a study by Stanford University last fall highlighting this concern. Now, I know some folks will say, okay, yeah, but what about batteries? You know, industrial scale batteries or, you know, the ones I put in my garage, right? They can soak up that sunny juice that's out during the day. Well, as the good folks at the NERC point out, most industrial or grid scale battery packs can last for around four hours, maybe an hour or two more, maybe an hour or two less, all depends on usage, especially during the summer when we all start using our ACs. The point is that the world's battery technology is not ready for a national grid, to supply a national grid 24 hours, seven days a week. It's just not ready. Put aside, by the way, the issue of mining and the amount that we would have to do to, to build out that grid-scale you know, national battery system, right? Look, Shelly, the critical takeaway is that the underlying battery technology is just not there, all right? So neither is it very smart then to replace all of our natural gas and coal and nuclear power plants if we're all going to be switching to electric vehicles. But look, you bought an electric vehicle. That's fine charge it at night. Go ahead. Because for now, so long as we do have what we have in most states, which is coal, natural gas, and nuclear power, you're probably going to be able to charge just fine. But if we follow the rules set out by the White House just two weeks ago, which will effectively force car companies to make all vehicles electric by the year 2027, right? the analysis and data provided by very smart folks at Stanford and NERC tell us that owners of these cars Y'all are going to end up crashing the grid. And just one final word of warning. 
If people who own these space cars end up crashing the grid and it is summertime and my air conditioning stops working, <laughs> we're going to have some words. All right, I'm going to be real honest with you. I'm going to drive your space car right off a cliff. Just saying. Right? You don't want to get between a man and a good night's sleep. I don't want to tell you all what to buy. I'm just saying don't let it impact my ability to keep cool on a hot summer night's sleep. Just a word of caution. With that, my friends, we conclude your morning brief. As always, I will see you tomorrow, God willing. Until then, I leave you with the creed of every good spy and every wise American. They're the words from the Gospel of John, chapter 8, verse 32. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Good day. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Okay, here's the situation. Our daughter Mia is leaving for her first sleepover. We have friends coming to stay, and we just got a puppy. So I go on Instacart and solve everything in one order from Kohl's. Fun PJs for Mia. Oh, new bedding for the guest room. And a vacuum cleaner that actually picks up pet hair. All delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. With Kohl's on Instacart, there's no such we can't fix. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum order. Additional terms apply. Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records.